Welcome back, everyone, to another Emerge Conflict, your weekly developer podcast right here on your favorite podcast application or on YouTube. No matter where you're listening or watching, we've got a whole bunch of developer goodness in the dry, dry of summer. And you know it's dry because there's wildfires everywhere, Frank Krueger. Woo! Well, you know, I actually got to wake up to some nice fog in the morning, liquid fog, not the not Ooh. the ashy kind of fog, uh, the liquid kind, the good kind. Uh, it was a little bit of a relief because you know what? I can handle nice weather for three or four days, but then it better better get a little cloudy just to make me happy. There you go. That way, you know, you're in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to forget. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, if you're new to the podcast, I'm James Monson Magnet with me as always, my partner in crime. And our crime being recording a podcast, so I guess it's not really crime. It's free. Miss Frank Krueger over there in an island. Hi, everyone. Let's uh, yeah, let's try not to make this a crime. That sounds like a good goal. Let's go for yeah. that. But it is episode three hundred and seventy. If you're new to the podcast in the last ten episodes, then you are in for a treat because every ten episodes we like to just put a whole bunch of different topics together and do little lightning topics. We try to cover six, maybe seven, maybe five, really quick, under five minutes, some just one minute on this one, but we usually do six and five minutes. It's a half an hour, something like that. We got a bunch. Um, So let's just get into it. You ready, Frank? Oh, I love it. I love it when we just get into it. Yes, let's go. What do you got, James? All right. Well, we have a bunch of random topics, but you had an actual topic, which was (laughs) LK99, which I believe is a Star Wars bounty hunter is that lk99 that'd be good to know i that'd be bad seo for them if that's what they chose the name of the awesome new material that maybe or may not be awesome we don't know we're waiting for science to happen but we're all very excited about it if you haven't heard about lk99 it is a room temperature atmospheric normal atmospheric pressure uh stable superconductor james this will change everything if it's true the problem is there was just a non-reproducible room temperatures uh superconductor found in 2022 that was found to be non-reproducible so we're all a little bit hesitant about someone finding a new room temperature atmospherically stable superconductor but um so far, some Chinese labs have been able to manufacture it. They haven't been able to fully test it, but it came out black and rocky looking like it's supposed to come out black and rocky looking. I see the and, photos. Uh, what, uh, what, what, what's, what comes to your mind when you think superconductor and why is this so? Well, I get, well, the thing is, it's all kind of black and rocky, which to me doesn't signify what I normally am thinking about when I think of superconductors, because I think of super computers like the super Uh, opt what are those ones that like can split zeros and ones um quantum computing computers oh yeah Mm -hmm. um i know there was just a demo i was listening to tech me and ride home where like there there's someone that now they have a quantum computer they can actually move and like shake and it still will do stuff which is very impressive because the whole (laughs) idea was that it'd be stable so is this super conductor have to do with super quantum computers So, interestingly enough, the people who discovered this material were working on quantum computers. But I would say they are completely unrelated. 
aside from uh, superconductors will be uh, will improve everything, including quantum computers. So they would be a, a very valuable part of a quantum computer. But they're pretty orthogonal to each other because superconductors can help us everywhere in the world. So a superconductor provides us zero resistivity in a wire. Normally, when we create a metal wire, the longer we make it, the more resistance it has. What does resistance mm. do? Well, it, it expels energy as heat, which is wasted, it's just released into the atmosphere, and we lose a lot of energy just in transmitting power. We lose a lot of energy in <laughs> all sorts of things, <laughs> wherever there's a resistance where we don't want it to be, like uh, in an electric motor. Electric motors are made of wires wound up, and they're very good conductors. They're copper, but they are complete trash compared to what a superconductor could possibly be. So we lose, if you've ever used a motor, you'll know that it gets hot. And that hot mm-hmm. is wasted energy, garbage. So it's oh. bad, bad for the environment, bad for everything, bad for engineers' little hearts. And so if we could make wires out of superconductors, which we actually can do, uh, then you get this zero resistance and you're able to create magnetic fields much more efficiently. You can do even crazier things, James. You can trap a current permanently inside of an object. So you like create a hunk of metal and you can put a current in it that constantly flows, even though you never touch it ever again. And that's actually how MRIs work. MRIs oh. use superconductors. You trap a little bit of current in there and you create a ridiculous magnetic field and you scan people's brains. And so we use superconductors all the time. They're incredibly useful. The problem with them is that they need to be cryogenically frozen and pressurized. So no bueno, no good. Pressurized or depressurized, one or the other. (laughs) Um, So the cool thing is if this material actually turns out to be good, we have a wonderful new material to start building things out of to get great efficiencies. Now, if LK99 is a success, can we then carbon freeze people like Han Solo Hmm. in Star Wars with this new superconductor temperature? If we freeze it from room temperature, would it be able to keep my body frozen? Hmm. Um, not sure anyone's looking for that application. So I'm going to say no, James. No, it cannot. The, the joke is you would usually do the opposite. You would like freeze the, su- the material to turn it into a superconductor. Oh. So you would actually go the other you, <laughs> opposite process. I'm pretty sure we could maybe not carbon. Like, I don't know if you want to be in a block of carbon. It's not going to be cold. Carbon can be mm-hmm. solid at room temperature. Oh yeah, I guess that yeah, I guess Han Solo was kind of room temperature, wasn't he? But yeah. I, I would want to be frozen in like oxygen because that's hard, and then be really difficult. So let's let's go for that freeze Frank in oxygen. Well, you know, here's the interesting part. Went crabbing recently. Ever gone crabbing? <laughs> no, we are, we are going to miss our five minute mark here. But oh, tell me about your crabs. <laughs> okay, so we went crabbing uh, on the coast, and here's the cool thing about crabs is you can just put crabs. Like they're very active because they're crabs, but you can put crabs just like on ice. You put, you get, you get a little cooler, you put ice in it, right? Or ice pack. And then you put a little paper towel down on top of it, right? Cause you're not putting the crabs uh-huh. on the ice. You're putting it on top of it. And then their bodies go into a dormant state. Mm, right. Wild. Yeah. Well, I guess they're like reptiles, right? We, we maintain our body heat. They don't. 
one of those yep. kind of animal jigs. Like when lizards <laughs> fall out of the sky in Florida because it gets too cold yes. and they fall out of the trees. Wow. Anyways. All right. I, I, I haven't had too many fall on me. <laughs> yep. Not yet. All right. Here we go. Uh, quick one here. Is there anything that Elon Musk can do to save X? Save X? I don't know. X, X doing? doesn't need saving. I don't know, man. Why Why do Twitters. people rebrand things? You take 20 years to build a brand and then you just throw the brand out the window. Uh, so if you haven't caught the news, you probably have because I think most of us are on Twitter still. Uh, I mean, X still. You, you've learned that we don't call it Twitter anymore. We call it X. I it's wanted Twitter. to bring this up. Man, I... <laughs> and X. Well, I guess X.com. Yeah. <laughs> redirects. 301 redirects. So yeah. I'm just saying. 301. All right. Is that move temporary or move permanent? Move temporary. 301's permanent, 302's temporary. 302's temporary. Okay. Permanent. Yeah. I didn't look, so I didn't like, see this? what the I didn't see what the the routes JSON <laughs> file was. But I'm assuming it's a 301. <laughs> So it seems that uh, Elon wants to compete with the Facebook metas and the Googles of the world. So it's just going to become a general purpose internet company now. I don't like the name. I don't like change. Um, So far, I haven't seen anyone rage quitting over it. Like the last time something changed on x slash twitter.com. So, so far, it looks like most of the communities have been preserved. Everyone who is going to hop over onto Tudor World has tooted over there. Um, So I guess it hasn't made a difference, but boy, is every journalist going to have to (laughs) write a a correction to every article? Are the links going to work forever? The links better work forever. So why even bother rebrand, James? You're the PM. Why why rebrand? Well, he's going for, he wants a, he wants a, um, like a WeChat, uh, which is like a all-in-one super app, basically. That was like yeah. his goal; has always been his goal. I don't know if that's what it is, but it's, it, the the, thi- the thing still works and still Twitter. It's still the same. I think it is some analytics, and things were pretty much the same. So it's you know, okay. like you said, like I do think people, some people have jumped. I don't mm-hmm. think Threads is the new thing yet. It's missing a lot of features and just different type of thing. Um, but. This is where I'm at right now until I just delete it or something like that. But <laughs> it's fine, you know, until it's not fine. It's fine until it's not fine. And right now it's still fine. It's to me. Yeah, that's it's just silly, but it's a little ridiculous. But what are you going to do? It's not what you I, know, would I do. think. It, I think we've all just been through so much in the last few years that this is just more like roll your eyes than even get upset about it. I saw yeah. a lot of jokes going around, but I couldn't even get into the jokes because I'm just rolling my eyes so far back in my head. I couldn't even read the jokes. So yeah. it's just, it, it reminds me mostly of when Dropbox sent out all those pastel icons and they're like, look, we're a pastel company now and they semi clash. Isn't that modern and cool? And you're like, no, they're <laughs> ugly. And then they're like, oh, sorry. Uh, it feels like that. So I'll be curious to see, like, um, I'll be curious to see how journalists reference it in um, uh, articles. Are they going to just yeah. start calling it X or is it Twitter? People started calling stupid Facebook meta way faster than I ever thought. I still call it Facebook. I can't believe people were able to mentally shift and start calling it meta. But not always. I watch a lot of CNBC, too much CNBC for my goodwill. (laughs) And even the, you know, people that are buying Meta, the company, still call it Facebook, right? Facebook's just a product of it. 
<laughs> which makes a lot of sense. You know, I understand that. I understand that because Facebook is the product. They have multiple products. Meta is the company. This was the Xamarin problem. Xamarin was the company <laughs> with the product name Xamarin, which is also great until you have more than one product that does more than that, which is no problem <laughs> at all, but it can be. All right, here we go. Next question. Talking about Xamarin, talking about the Mac, because you're on a Mac and you're using X Twitter, Twitter X. Uh, we had a comment on YouTube from Kibberkley. Uh, I'm just going to summarize this. Is a Mac Catalyst, Mac Catalyst app really a Mac app? Isn't it just an <laughs> iOS app running on a Mac? Isn't that cheating? I need to develop a real Mac app. We have a Mac, Mac expert, Frank Krueger. Uh, I, I should okay. have a Mac app as well, but the, the, is it really a Mac app or is it just the child's yeah. version? Ouch, ouch, it hurts. Um, I suppose I ask myself this question often also, but I, I've never been happy with my own response because in the end, what is a Mac app? If you're talking about what is rendering the buttons and the text boxes and does it behave with the keyboard and does it do... Let, let's, let's start there. So levels of Mac app, does the text box and buttons work correctly? Yes, those are all correct. And in fact, um, there's multiple scaling modes you can put it in. Like by default, it kind of is a bit of a scaled iOS app. But if you put a little bit of flag in when you're compiling, then it actually um, doesn't do the scaling trick anymore. Buttons mm. by default have font size labels have the correct font size instead of being scaled versions of ios so it's funny even within the sdk itself you you have a little bit of control of how macky to get you can control the mackiness level now i will say one one side of a mac catalyst app that i don't like which does make it feel a little less native and by the way app kit's wonderful I, that's what we mean by a mac app but app kit is not all of mac so one thing I miss when writing Mac Catalyst apps is all the libraries have to be recompiled for Mac Catalyst. And so there are Mac libraries that are missing from Mac Catalyst. And I always find that annoying. So I would say at the UI level, it's a Mac app. No, it's not using AppKit, but Mac is rendering it. It's it's obeying the event, uh, the, the responder chain. In the same way a Mac app would, except that it's written using a different UI, a different user interface and library. Uh, this is very different from saying getting WinForms to run mm. on a Mac, where the event system is very different from how the Mac, Mac event system works. At least it's using that thing. So I'd say the only non-native part feeling to me is mostly not being able to use Mac apps and not being able to embed AppKit stuff into it. So you can't become like an NS menu item and things like that. So yes, it's a Mac app. No, it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely different uh, trade-offs that you, you have in any type of, in this instance, cross-platform technology. And, uh, but you know, for me, it really depends on the type of app that you're building. You know, we still get that, this question all the time, even on this podcast of what should I use to build an app? Do I use WinForms? Do I do WPF? Do I do the new stuff? Do I do Mac? Do mm -hmm. I do Mac Catalyst? Do I do Maui? Do I do Avalon? Like, I don't know, there's so many, what are you building, you know, in mm -hmm. general? So like, do you need those libraries? Do you need things that are only in AppKit, like, you know, XYZ? Then yeah, you can go down that route, right? That's up to, up to you at that point. So things to always consider and think about. 
Yeah, and there's not a great answer. You, it, I like what you said. It's really about your app. Um, if your app does Macy things, you probably want to write an AppKit app. If your app is just supposed to look good and run good on a Mac, Mac Catalyst is fine. Yeah, and you know a lot of Apple apps are Mac Catalyst apps. So so many depend- of them at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. More, more, and more. Every time I open, I'm like, yeah, you, you know, I, I, not that I like, oh, I know what it is, but it's like. I know that this app wouldn't exist if it wasn't a Mac Catalyst. Yeah. But also, like a lot of the apps make a lot of sense to be Mac Catalyst apps because and the reason you know it's because it looks so familiar if I'm yeah. on an iPhone. In fact, there's almost a benefit there in a weird way that it's like it feels familiar because I'm going between yeah. my Mac and my iOS device quite often. So it should feel relatively similar. Don't be an iPad hater. I, I got to break it to oh. you. The, the iOS app store, you make more money on that than you make on the Mac store. So you write a Mac Catalyst app, you're an iPad app, sell it on the iOS store too, because there's a lot of iPad users out there. There you go. Talking about .NET MAUI and building Mac applications, we got a question here from another YouTube listener. It says, do we recommend third-party controls when we're building MAUI applications, even hybrid applications like Mudblazer or something out or something else? And that's a great question because this week is sponsored by our good friends over at Syncfusion. I swear, I didn't I didn't just find that question. It just happened no to be way. in there. It's a good question. Do we recommend it? We endorse it, stamp and improve it because we use all sorts of amazing libraries from the community or from our sponsor, Syncfusion. I use Syncfusion on my applications that I build and ship because I don't want to build every single user control that I need. Do I need charts and graphs and PDF pickers and photo editors and all this other stuff? I could build it. I could build it. I could find a library maybe, or I could, I don't, I don't want to, right? I just want to give me everything. Give me everything in the box. And that's what Syncfusion does. No matter what you're building, are you building a Blazor app, a Maui app, a Blazor hybrid app for down in Maui with Blazor? Are you building ASP.NET Core? Are you building a Flutter app, a UWP application? You still got Xamarin Forms apps? What are you building? They got you covered. They got thousands of beautiful controls across all these different platforms. And they have great PDF processors, Excel, Word processors, all these amazing things. Check out our good friends over at Syncfusion at syncfusion.com forward slash merge conflict. Check them out today. You can get a free trial over there. And they got a bunch of great licenses for community license, a bunch of other stuff. Give them a look. I use them personally. I've been using Syncfusion for over 20 years since my very first job out of college at Canon. Been around. Just saying. Tried, trusted, trusted, and true. Syncfusion, syncfusion.com forward slash merge conflict. Thanks for Syncfusion for the pod. All right, next question. Um, what is this cryptic message on Frank's piano? Now, here's the funny part oh. is you all see very crystal clear image quality because we're recording on Zencaster and I see the Starlink quality from, from Frank's feed, <laughs> which is sometimes good, sometimes not good. And y'all do though, like Mario? Uh, right now you look. No, you look good. You look good. A little pixelated. You kind of look like, you know, when Netflix is sort of buffering in, it starts at that 480p. That's what you're at right now. You're at a very low. There's lots of there's lots of um, blips and bloops around you, like a halo of, of squares. Around oh, good. Um, okay, good. It's great. But, you know, I, Frank's in there somewhere. But y'all get the, the real feed because it records locally in the browser. Now, yes. there's a lot of things behind you. There's like a, a charting graph. Maybe it's seismic activity of some sort up top. No, no, no. But I, I like your guesses, so please continue. This is perhaps my favorite poster on the entire planet, so I can't help but to explain it very quickly. The vertical axis is time. The horizontal axis is location on Earth, and it's a chart of civilizations. 
So it goes back to 3500 BC all the way up to the modern day. And you can see the expanse of civilizations and the time periods that they were most prominent. Let's go with. It's my, it's my favorite poster on the whole planet. Oh, I like that. Okay, that's very different than what I thought it was going to be. That but that does make a lot of sense. Um, but I can also there's like little things on it. So that maybe there's like starships <laughs> or something like that. Okay, now there is a sheet of music open. I'm assuming it's Beethoven's 45th. Uh oh, uh, not Beethoven. Um, I, I'm totally blanking. Uh, Prelude and E minor. Everyone. Uh-huh. Um, Chopin maybe. I'm, Chopin. I'm, I feel stupid. I'm. Prelude in E minor. Every piano player knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> now we have a, um, we also on this desk, I'm describing because people are listening to the audio. This podcast. is good radio, right? We're doing well. Yeah. yeah. There's a okay. piano, an old timey piano that was purchased with the house, obviously <laughs> just sitting there for decades. And Frank has decorated it. So he's got this behind him and there's a sheet of music. There is a um, Doctor Who telephone booth. I think it's called a, a, te- a, a, a to to the right P- police box sir police box oh it's not it okay it's a it's a london police box or no I it is doctor who I, yeah, it's definitely doctor who yes you, you got oh, that right it's not bill and ted's excellent adventure no no i don't have that much class okay we're doctor who over here i'm never watched doctor who never got into doctor who oh man okay so that's my mistake y'all can make fun of me on x so this is a police box. Yeah, that's, it has a name, isn't it? Like um, the TARDIS. Telluride, TARDIS, TARDIS. Thank you. And it stands for time and relative dimension in space. Yeah. And <laughs> then in between TARDIS and the sheet of music is a sheet of paper that, to me, looks like pixels, and I cannot read it. So that I assume yeah. is what our friend is asking about, Frank. I'm very old, but I guess I'm still in college because I guess I still have just nice little phrases that I like around the house. It's a line from the book, The Little Prince. Do you know The Little Prince? Mm-hmm. And the yep. pr- little prince had a little rose. And one day he came upon a planet that had a bunch of roses. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, my rose isn't so special anymore. And then the fox said to the little kid, uh, it's the time that we put into the rose that makes the rose valuable. And so it's just that saying, but in French, it's the time we put into the rose that makes the rose so, yeah, valuable, treasured, whatever you want to say. Just a reminder that the effort is important, too. I like that. Very nice. Wow. In French, just so I have to stare at it a little. (laughs) Florence, oui. Uh, Yes. My four years of French, I probably have no idea what it means. So You could read it. It's simple. It's a children's book. So I, I, I like to read it in French only because it's simple. The words are small. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. All yeah. right. So, what are okay. We... All decoded. Great. Excellent. All decoded. Boom. Uh, next up, a uh, little update here. Uh, this is a nice topic. So do you know those people that um, walk while they work because they have a treadmill under their desk? Oh boy, I haven't seen them in a long time, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's healthy, I suppose. Do, do people keep it up for years? <laughs> it's a I've thing people it. could do. Yes. So okay. uh, Heather wanted one, and she wanted okay. to give it a try. So cool. we went on the Craigslist. We're not going to buy a new one. So we went on the Craigslist, found one, never, which means never ever buy a new treadmill. People buy them and sell them a month later. <laughs> 
You don't even need to buy a new Peloton. You can just buy a used one. They're like 400 bucks now. You just get whatever. Yeah, just you don't need to buy new fitness equipment. Just buy it used. Um, so we went on the Craigslist and there was a, a person selling it. And you, because you know, if it's an under the desk treadmill, they either got another job where they have to go under the work or uh-huh. they're like, I bought this because I told him I'm going to walk during work and then definitely did not. I'm pretty sure it was that. Either I, one I like to say it, it becomes a clothes rack. How long until it, it becomes yes. a clothes rack? <laughs> Correct. How long? That is a great question. So right now, at least where we are at is Heather tried to give it a go. But the main problem is that it really didn't fit under her desk. Her desk has like a bar mm. on the bottom. It's a sit stand desk. Yeah. It just didn't go under enough. And her desk isn't wide enough where it allowed her to have her. You she would have to be permanent yeah. placement. You know what I mean? Let me ask real quick because I'm a big dummy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the handlebars are a big safety thing on a treadmill. Do you keep the handlebars when you turn it into a desk or do you put your desk over the handlebars? Oh, great question. So the cool thing with these desks is that the handlebar can come up or it can go down and they give you a remote so you can mm. control it with the remote directly with it. Um, so when I, I have it right now, it's now under my desk and the handlebar is down. So, and the handlebar okay. is my desk. Okay. Funny. Right. Yep. Kind of makes yep. Sense. So that's kind of cool. So anyways, I am two days in and I've walked one hour a day Excellent. so far. The biggest problem I have is that while my desk is large, you know, my monitor doesn't swivel left and right. So I have to move the entire thing. Like the base of it, I have to like physically alter and like put the stuff over there. Definitely when I'm in meetings, I am not on it because that's impossible. But mm. if I have like an hour's worth of time, I do it. But I make so many typos when I'm typing and doing this. So it's <laughs> very fascinating. But if, if you I need co pilot, like, I need co pilot. But if you have like a long meeting, let's say um, uh, like an all hands or a AMA or something like this, going to be great for you. So it was 150 bucks, pretty good deal. It's working good so far. Under desk treadmill, can't go wrong. Let me ask. So, what do you do for a chair when you want to sit down? Then, well, my desk is so large mm-hmm. that I I'm sitting in my chair, and on the right hand side of me is the treadmill. Roger, Roger. Very good. So, get a nice long desk. Um, the biggest desk. Another... I have. It's like five for five feet or something like that. It's huge. And then swiveling the monitor, couldn't you put an arm up on the wall? I'm not sure if you're facing a wall, but monitors on arms are very cool and you should get into that. So I had that with my dual monitors and then I upgraded to this ultra super wide and it's very Mm. heavy and I have to get a really crazy arm to do it. But yes, ideally it would swivel. And most monitors also have like expensive ones have the swivel left and right, even in the built stand. This one doesn't for a reason. and I don't know why. Um, I'm assuming mm-hmm. because of the weight of the device and the length of it left and right, but that is on me. And I would say even this, I'm still not even sure I really like an ultra wide monitor, but it happens <laughs> to be here and I do face a window. So in front of me is a window directly in front of me. So it's not going to work. Okay. To, yeah, it's very heavy, but I, the ultra wide monitor, like <laughs> I love it, but then also hate it at the same time. You know, that's funny. I saw someone on Twitter basically posting the same thing. They spent all this money on like the widest of wide monitors possible. And I think they used yeah. it for an entire day and they're like, nope, shipping it back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, 
I feel like I could use a little wider, but I know what you mean. I don't need a lot wider. I need medium wide. So maybe we'll start making some medium wide monitors. Yeah. And Heather has a, a smaller widescreen one, but then I don't know. It just makes sharing your desktop and meetings hard because of resolution. Oh, and stuff. that's yeah, a funny that's... one. I never even thought of that. You got this weird yeah. letterboxed <laughs> display for everyone. Yeah. So you got to actually, okay. then you got to put yeah. this monitor in 1920 by 1080. Then you have like all this black space on the left and right. And you're just like, oh, it's kind of like terrible. Like, what do I do? I have don't you know. tried any? I'm... Well, now that you have a treadmill, though, have you tried doing any of the Peloton things like walking around in a forest with your ultra wide monitor? <laughs> now, I walk around inside of Outlook and that's a forest of emails. So it's great. Forest of email. Well, there's there's the Vision OS app I need to write. Your emails mm-hmm. are a forest. Walk through the dark, scary forest of email. You, you pluck, you pluck <laughs> the emails pluck the email. from the trees. Oh, that's a rotten tree of spam. Okay, <laughs> I like that. All right, there's that. Okay, here we go. Final question of the pod, written by users. When will this podcast end? <laughs> Never. Never, James. When one of us meets our sad demise slash retires to Costa Rica, I don't know. I, I, I think I feel like you're going to be the first one to go off grid. Like I'm like, where James go? And James will just be gone. So I think the podcast will end when James disappears off grid. Um, maybe there's some other criteria we could come up with though. Yeah, we started this podcast many, many years ago, we're 370 podcasts in. That's a lot of podcasts. I don't expect anyone to listen to all of them, but if you did, you're amazing. Um, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, that means you've listened to even more because we have a bonus Patreon That's right. video and audio every nearly every single week. And this week we talk about dehumidifiers. So if that is your fancy, <laughs> then <Excitement>. boom. Excitement. <laughs> we started this podcast for many reasons. Frank and I have been friends for a long time, predating you know, my Xamarin days and we lived very close to each other, but we never really hung out. And we did hang out when we started a user group together. We said, this is great, but this is like once a month, we should try to either one hang out more, but we live in Seattle. So that's not going to happen or B (laughs) give an activity where we're forced to talk every single week. And that became this podcast. And, And many of the other podcasts that I've done throughout the years have been to catch up with friends. So we literally do use this podcast to talk about stuff. Like we talk about stuff ahead of time, sometimes more, sometimes less. We have life stuff that's going on. It's good. And this has been the longest lasting of all my podcasts that I've ever done. And it's because there's a lot of exciting stuff in the world of tech that we're both interested in as mobile developers. But also, Frank and I, I think we just have interesting lives. When we're just good friends. We like to talk to each other. And that's fun. You know, I mean, and as you can see, though, we it's not like we're dedicated our time and our lives to it. like, yeah, I edit it and I do it on YouTube, blah, blah. But there's a lot of people that are doing whole plans around and this and put so much a lot. Of t- I only got so much time and effort, right? The most important part is me talking and chatting with Frank and learning new stuff. Like I do this podcast have the night to learn new stuff from Frank. And I think maybe, you know, Frank on occasion learns stuff from me on occasion. Brands, mostly brands. You brands. teach me brands. <laughs> Marketing tips and tricks, things like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think you're, I think you're right. Like for me, it's been fascinating because the things that we kind of talk about now are a little bit different only because like my job is dramatically changed since three years ago when I became a manager two years ago. When I, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. two, three years ago when I became a manager, even though I'm still in the space, I do a lot of different things now. 
which means we can talk about different things, but it doesn't mean yeah. I'm always doing the same stuff that Frank's doing, which is kind of well, good to some spe- aspect. So will it ever end? I don't know. I don't, I, when I retire, maybe. I mean, you retire first. I think, we've, I think we've done well keeping it low key because a lot of podcasts uh, do have a lot of guests and that's a lot of scheduling and it's a lot of arrangement. It's a lot uh, of effort. It's enough effort to just talk to each other once a week, you know, just arranging that kind of thing. Uh, but I think we've done a good job in keeping it low key enough that we can keep on doing this for quite a while because we're both tech nerds. We're always going to want to talk about tech nerd stuff and we enjoy the community and everyone chit chatting with us in the comments and on the tweeters and all that stuff on the tutors. And so I think we will just, we'll, we're going to keep this puppy going for a while and then uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Talk to us in 20 years. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely hard. You know, we look at it at the, the metrics. So behind the, the scenes, you know, we were talking about the metrics of, how the podcast does, what our numbers look like. And, you know, I think definitely like the average show in the beginning of time, like when we were at like peak podcast downloads, you know, we're mm-hmm. getting five, sometimes five, 5,500 downloads per episode in the first month, mm-hmm. 90 days or so. Um, and, you know, I think with COVID that went down, you know, as listeners go down, there's, there's other things, you know, you're going to lose listeners, go up listeners. And even when I listen to podcasts, I have been flow and sometimes you auto download stuff for a while and you don't. And if you're a new listener, that means it's also kind of scary, like 370 episodes. So I tune into this episode. <laughs> I start at one. What do I do? So the, the, the overarching like net podcast downloads that are like the top 20, top 30 are like 10 to 12,000 downloads, which is pretty great. Like these are good numbers for podcasts. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for listening. Thank you. All. Right yeah. now, right now we're at about like 3,500. So we've definitely gone down quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, 25, 30%. Tell your friends about the podcast. You want us to keep going. But we have been posting on YouTube and we get 1,000 to 3,000 views there. Now, are those people listening to the whole thing? I don't know. Are you listening to this whole thing? How many people are listening right now? One? I don't know. But that has us thinking as long, yeah, as long as people are listening and enjoying and writing into the show, we love feedback. Mm-hmm. If you're on YouTube, you can leave a, a comment. You can go to mergeconflict.fm. You can hit us up on X or Twitter or anywhere we're at. We like that stuff. So I think mm-hmm. as long as we enjoy doing it, and as long as yep. people are listening, then we'll keep doing it. Sounds like a deal, man. I'm in. All right. Well, I think All it's right. going to do it for this week's <laughs> Merge Conflict. So until... Next week, when we make our epic return, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for watching and listening. Peace. Peace.